episode of Miserable and Reckless, bringing you unfiltered opinions on sports, music, culture, and all things in South. I'm Logan Zinner with Morgan, Dustin, and Ryan. Uh, be sure to give us five stars and a great review on Spotify and Apple Podcast, uh, and check out the website miserable-reckless.com for blog content and. You know what? There's a shop with some merch. If you ever do feel so inclined and want a hat, a t-shirt, or a koozie, you can find it there as well. All right. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Ryan, kick it off. I feel like you're going to be a, in a chipper mood. <laughs> this, is Thursday. Yeah. this is Thursday of the ACC tournament at about 9.30 p.m. So It's like one of those rea- reaction pods for the CBS College Football Podcast they always do. <laughs> Yeah, what do they call them? Emergency pods? Yeah, emergency podcast. Yeah, <laughs> solid show if you ever are into that. So the guys have been aware of this for a minute uh, since about the end of last week's podcast. But I'm very on brand. I don't know if you can hear the foghorn in the background, but uh, from the tugboat out in the harbor, or should I say the harbor? But uh, <laughs> I'm. Uh, I'm in Boston, so I'm very on brand for me. Mon, I'm in Boston watching the ACC tournament in a hotel. So that's like the trifecta of Ryan Angle right there. In a hotel, grumpy, and watching the ACC tournament in Boston. So uh, Sock Jim. Uh, and <laughs> I don't – I actually have not had anything to drink while I've been up here. I know that comes as uh, – whoever had the under me the week before St. Patrick's Day in Boston not having anything to drink. But – um. I, uh, anyways, um, yeah, tonight wasn't the most fun. We lost to, I was in Delaware with my niece watching it with her when Carolina lost to Duke on Saturday and now I'm in Boston watching by myself. So clearly what I need to do is get back to a couch that is in my house to watch Carolina play because clearly that was, uh, the thing that was going to make it work. Although I was in a gym last night. Well, the fire alarm went off, or should I say the fire alarm went off for 100 minutes straight in a row. 109, but who's counting? Uh, well, uh, and, and, and they blew out BC. Uh, I, I can tell you that absolutely no one, in case you were wondering, absolutely no one in Boston was watching BC play. And it was on <laughs> at the bar. <laughs> Honestly, I was the only person that cared about the game. Probably that was watching it, except for maybe the degenerate junkie that was, you know, gambling on it. At, were they asking for the the sock spring training feed? <laughs> uh, they did. They did. Funny, funny enough, they did turn it off and put on the Celtics game. The Celtics were blowing somebody out. Marcus Marcus Smart was having a good game. So uh, whatever. That's enough of my terrible accent. Although I had an atrocious dinner tonight with uh i think her name was katie and her carhartt hat and her timberlands and her ibu or whatever you know trades company she union she was part of not not anti-union but um, i was anti-katie by the time she was done with her <laughs> horrible horrible accent <laughs> framing it everybody being a townie about how we're, we're at the hotel bar it's like well katie you came and found us so Sorry, your friends made you come to uh, to the uh, to the as she called it the white collar bar. Uh, sorry, <laughs> hope you have a better night tomorrow. So, whatever. Yes, I'm a rather chipper. 
if you, if you haven't fast forwarded, this is the last time I'll do the accent. So whatever. But uh, I already covered my bad, which is the Carolina, the last two Carolina games. The uh, so good news is this is going to be my good anyways. Well, with uh, with Chase Elliott being out because he decided to go snowboarding in Colorado, which is a great uh, great thing to do, and busting his leg so badly that he had a three hour surgery last Friday. Uh, uh, NASCAR is out. So I'm watching golf now, which is great because it's right around the time that uh, my favorite tournament comes around, which is the players. So it is players week. The good news is the hotel doesn't get the golf channel. So if I want to watch the players, I have to watch it on my teeny tiny phone. So thanks, uh, Marriott. Uh, really appreciate you guys not having that on. And uh, yeah, so, so my good is actually a bad, but. For those of you that are golf fans out there, if you haven't already seen this, um, there's a really good Netflix show that's out and uh, it's called Full Swing. And it's actually very interesting. I would imagine that people that are I'm a golf fan, so it's hard for me to say, but I would imagine that people that are not golf fans would at least find it entertaining. Although you may want to approach it from the mindset of the, the, the what is it? The lives of the rich and famous. Right. It's basically just golfers like doing what they have to do to train and compete and whatever, but also being on like a private jet and having a little bit of a different lifestyle and things like that. So it's, it's somewhat interesting. I don't think you have to know the people to, to kind of find an interest in it, but if, if anything's going to try and make golf interesting to people that aren't interested, perhaps this show is a, a good start in the right direction. I'm not sure it's, uh, it's by the same people that did the Formula One show. So if you were interested in that or you found that to be entertaining, um, uh, there's that. So that's my good. We already covered my bad and then my ugly. Uh, before I came to Boston, again, being very on brand, me and my wife, I signed her up because she told me that she wanted to be comfortable living in Annapolis on a boat. And she wanted to learn how to sail and to be involved in the community, et cetera. So I've had the opportunity to start getting involved with a maritime museum that's somewhat, I guess, famous in Annapolis. And they do a lot of different things in the community. And one of the things that they do is they go is they take people in the community out on uh, a boat. I'm not going to go into all the specifics. And so we went to the training, which is very serious if you think about it, because if you're going to volunteer or you're going to help out on a boat with the general public, you need to, for example, know how a boat works and not to drive it, but like where the safety devices are and what kind of knots to tie. And you, you would need to be a, a reasonable deckhand. And we were going through a, a, a volunteer training that was three hours long at the museum. And we get to the point in the episode or the point in the training where the director, um, who is a real life captain, um, I was sitting at a bar the other night and I got an email from Captain Rick and it was <laughs> listing all the different trainings that I, have to, that I have to certify in in order to do this. Some of them I'm already trained in like CPR and stuff like that. But there's slips, trips and falls and there's a bunch of other different stuff. If anyone knows or has anyone's been on a boat or certified and some of this stuff, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. But anyways, so we have to go through this. It's it's serious um, that we signed something that said, you know, we're not going to drink within a certain amount of time by being on the vessel and the whole thing. So uh, long story short, my wife is watching this YouTube video 
and she cannot contain her laughter because there's some terrible yacht music playing in the background. It's, it's something off of YouTube. It's meant to be educational. It was made in about 1969 and she is dying laughing. And I want to fall through the floor because here we are at the Maritime Museum learning about a very serious topic, which is boat safety. And Melissa is basically howling with laughter and, and making fun of their accent, uh, which is a Chesapeake Bay accent, which is a very specific accent. And uh, she is just ridiculing basically this man's profession to his face while we are sitting in a classroom of our elders. <laughs> those are the people who volunteer for this. So my ugly of the week is my wife and her poor ass attitude after she signed up to be a volunteer on a boat, which is a very serious thing. And she is completely ridiculing not only the culture, but what we have signed up to actually help uh, uh, do. And she said I was allowed to make it my ugly of the week. We got home and she wanted me to find the video so she could watch it and howl with laughter again while she was brushing her teeth. So she's a horrible <laughs> person. And I hope she listens to this. And for the record, you don't deserve to live on the Chesapeake Bay if you're going to make fun of people who make their living off of the Chesapeake Bay. So it's clear that my wife has been, you know, what is it? Is getting a little above her raisin. So that concludes my monologue on why I'm grumpy. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it wow. sounds like it's been a hell of a week. <laughs> it's not been enjoyable. I'll be spending next week in a hotel too. So tune in next week for more grumpiness. <laughs> All right, Morgan, good, the bad, and the ugly. All right. Well, um, you're, you're bad with Chess Elliott. Well, I guess it could be my good then. Because I have to listen to him then now. I'm just kidding. I don't like I don't like Chase Elliott, so um, nor his dad. Uh, but anyway, I got a good, bad, and ugly for you. So my good, <clears throat> I found out the other day that two bands I've been wanting to see for quite some time, well over two decades, probably. Uh, the Melvins and Mud Mud Honey are both doing a North American tour this year. So one's sometime in May and June. The other one's later this fall. So pretty excited about that for those of you who don't know who those guys are uh melvin's and the mud honey band both from the seattle area were pretty much kind of some of the pioneer bands of, of that music genre that came out of there back in the early 80s um mud honey um the uh, lead singer and guitarist from that used to be in a band with two members of pearl jam called green river back in the like 1980, 1981, which is pretty sick. Um, so I'm pretty excited about getting to see those guys for the first time. Uh, my bad, Virginia Tech basketball season is officially over, although I'm sure they'll be invited potentially to the NIT, but who the hell watches the NIT? Come on. Like, no one watches the NIT. Not even Carolina fans watch the NIT. Um, so they, they, you know, they, they fought their way back the first round of the ACC tournament won it and then faced up against NC State at 9.30 o'clock last night um, and just had NC State was shooting lights out and Tech had no defense whatsoever. So hats off to, to Logan and his Wolfpack and don't know what the score is right now, but hopefully they're um, going to take care of business tonight against uh, Clemson. Yeah, ugly. Uh, so sometime about Wednesday, Thursday last week, Brody started having a 
pretty bad, consistent cough. Uh, Crystal got back from New York. It was pretty bad on Friday evening to the point where we had to take him. His breathing was just so bad in Iraq and then just out of breath at the same time. We had to take him to the ER um, where they diagnosed him of having asthma. Um, that could have been who knows where it got brought on by. And then later on, it went also to having potentially having uh, bronchiolitis that was caused potentially by RSV. And then at his checkup Wednesday, yesterday, um, they noticed that now he also has a horrible ear infection. So poor little guy is just, he's pretty much put into a box and just shaking up and hitting every damn corner. <laughs> so he's he's been sleeping in mama's bed for um, almost every night since Friday, just so she can keep eye on him. And he's just, it's been pretty bad uh, for him. On a, on a side note from that one, if I, I guess I could add, you know, some not positive from it, but uh, the last couple of days, Crystal's been bringing up, him up here to the office to visit me around lunchtime every day. And I got these transfer trucks. I'll show you. Hold on a second. Um, right here. Nice. <laughs> and so he comes up here. And play, he comes up here and plays with them. And I got this one right here. My, one of my dad's models from when uh, I got that one. And I got, I, got all, I got a bunch of these Hess uh, collectibles. Um, that I've gotten since I was a kid and I'm letting him play with them. This one has got those little hot rods that sit on the back, which is kind of cool. He's, he's been coming up here the last three days playing with them, so I've been looking forward to that. And he's starting to do better, but he's uh, not out of the woods yet, So, but he is sounding a little bit better today. But that is my good, bad, and ugly. Yeah, that's a that's a lot oh. all at one time. I, yeah. I hope he right. feels better soon. Thank you. All right, Dustin, good, the bad, and the ugly. I know that you probably are in a little bit better mood. Yeah, it's a real chippa over here. <laughs> <laughs> um. I want to quote the great Marty Huggins to, to kick things off tonight. He said when he was going to Washington, he was going to bring his broom because it's a mess. Well, you know what? <laughs> Duke Blue Devils brought their brooms to Chapel Hill. Swept, swept Carolina right out of town. Swept them right out of the tournament. It, while it does not make up for some events in the past, it certainly makes you feel good and make oh. it fit and helps out just a little bit. Takes the edge off. Uh, can't can't help but love uh, John Shire's first season here, sweeping Carolina, going undefeated at home. Man, that was just fun. Uh, that's always the biggest game of the year, the game you never want to lose. <laughs> um, and I, you know, what I was actually surprised by, just because the, the series is so back and forth, is I think I saw that Duke is like one of the 10 of the last 15 in Chapel Hill, something like that, which is crazy um, to think that they have won that many away 
at in Chapel Hill. Likewise, Carolina's won a lot Ooh. of games in Durham. Um, but still, it's uh, oh, some years off and on, you know. But the point is, uh, it's it was it kind of blew me away just the overall record over the past like 10, 15 years. Um, but nevertheless, swept Carolina this season, took away the opportunity for them to try to improve their resume for the tournament, which was wonderful. Um, and this the score of the game was basically one point off from being the exact same of last time, which was kind of fun. Um, I think it literally was one point off from having the same exact score as the first meet. So that was fun. Also fun, another good, uh, was uh, today, first day of the ACC tournament here. In, well, first day for Duke today in the ACC tournament. The double by teams played for the first time today on Thursday. Um, Pitt and Duke matched up today at 2.30. You know what? They just Duke came out ready to play. Um, it's the best they've shot all season. I mean, the percentages were at one point they were shooting fifty percent from three, which is just crazy. Um, their their actual field goal percentage ended at like two or sixty two percent from the floor. I mean, like this team was just they they were on it. And sometimes when they're falling, sometimes they just keep falling, and that's kind of just what happened all day long. Pitt was never in the game, never led the game. Um, it was a fun game to watch. I uh, hope they didn't use up all that magic because we got a game tomorrow and hopefully a game on Saturday to win. But, um, man, today was fun because these games are – you spend the whole time with your, like, heart beating and nervous and all that. And today I didn't have to be any of that. I just got to enjoy the show and know that we were going to play again tomorrow. Uh, last uh, good fun is – basketball related but it's unc wilmington related unc wilmington uh played really well in their conference tournament it was here in washington dc area um they uh made it all the way to the championship game a few plays gone a different way they might actually be going to the tournament they ended up losing but the good part of it was uh we had some friends from wilmington who were in town and then our buddy um, Ryan and his kid came down to the game and me and my wife took our daughter Emmy to the game and uh, our buddy's son and, and Emmy had a blast uh, just running around the, the stadium wasn't full so they were running around playing they were like cheering um, trying to get into trouble um, finally like some of the people who worked there was like they can't like run over here and do this and so, <laughs> but they, they had a good time um, that was probably the best part about it um, it was good to see Wilmington win, but it was more fun that they were having that much fun. So, and then Emerson also uh, used that as a test run because she is, sounds pretty committed to wanting to go to a Duke game. Um, she keeps saying that Daddy's going to take her to a Duke game. So, um, yeah, I can confirm that she told me uh, two weeks ago on Facetime. She goes, "Daddy's taking me to a uh, Duke game. We're going." And I was like, <laughs> "Is that right?" She goes, yeah. <laughs> Told her we could go to Greensboro tomorrow. We could be there about a 7 p.m. game. So she's not biting yet. But she does want to go to a game, which is awesome. So anyway, so yeah, I'll chip over here today. Next week, maybe a different story. We'll see. But good this week. Well, that brings it to me. Uh, Ryan's not Chippa. Dustin is Chippa, and I'm somewhere in between because uh, my team is currently playing as we're recording, so I'm live watching anything you may hear me say or 
or um, it react to. It's all it's live for me. Won't be for you by the time you listen to it tomorrow. But live it's to live tape. for me. Yeah, live to tape. Um, but when start I, off non basketball. When I started, when I started talking, you were feeling a lot better than you are right now. Let's put it that oh, way. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Hundred <laughs> um, percent. Start off quickly non basketball related. Uh, this tomorrow morning, my younger brother and I are going to go visit one of our good friends in Charlotte, meet his fiance. Um, that, that should be a fun weekend uh, heading down there. So looking forward to that. Uh, now shifting gears to basketball, because that's, you know, what else do we talk about this time of year, especially during conference tournament week? Um, the good is, you know, Morgan alluded to it. I hate that it was at Morgan's expense, but um, it, you know, I, I want to survive in advance, as the Wolfpack people like to say. We did take care of business against Virginia Tech, so that was good. But now we're playing against Clemson, a team who has beaten us twice um, this year, and one of one of the times pretty handily. Uh, we were up seven earlier when Ryan was going through his rough week he's had. Now we're down two. Going to be a tough game. We sustained an injury to a good role player down low against Virginia Tech, so we're now down to like three guys that we have in the front court. Uh, but nevertheless, we will persist, and I'm hoping that we can make it to the semifinals. Uh, we tend to do pretty well in years that end in three. 83, we did pretty well, uh, I'd say. Everybody knows what happened then. 03, we lost in the ACC championship game. 2013, I believe we made it to the semis, so it's about our, t- our time to shine once every decade to make it to at least the semis. But <laughs> first, we gotta we got to <laughs> take care of business against the Tigers tonight. So... Yeah, uh, that's that's my, my 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 good and good for the week. I don't really have anything bad yet. That might change as the show goes on. Later in the episode, you'll update with a bad, or maybe a <laughs> yeah. Well, if if the game ends bad, just don't get mad, drunk, and go park in your car in the yard. I'm sorry, America. I'm sorry for their accents. Sorry for my accent, but it's entertaining. To be fair, don't, we don't make us don't don't make us apologize. Make the town, the movie, the town apologize. Talk about some of the worst over overacting <laughs> Boston accents ever. Yeah, Tom yeah, was Hamper pretty was pretty good in that. <laughs> <laughs> Struggling actor, Tom Ham. <laughs> that guy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right so we we want to talk uh acc tournament but america we're not going to talk about what's actually going on we're not going to tell you who won you can go to google and find that out um but outside of our good the bad the ugly where we brag or be sad about things um i saw an interesting um question posed this week and I told the guys you know this would be kind of a fun thing to talk about during conference week basically the the point of the question was are conference tournaments still relevant you know are they meaningful basically how the question was set up was you know here in in 2023 you've got uh mid 80s you expanded the tournament we're up to 68 teams that go to the to the big tournament the big dance NCAA tournament um, you don't. You no longer have to win your conference tournament to go play in the Big Dance. Um, a lot of teams know they're going, whether they win their conference tournaments or not. 
Um, there's been talk over the years, whether it'll happen or not, who knows? There's been talk over the years of the, the NCAA tournament expanding further. Um, I mean, I've, you know, I've seen numbers as high as 90, which is just seems nuts to me, but that's the topic for another day. Um, and, you know, the other side to this is, is, you know, when you judge and you talk about um, players and coaches and, you know, one of the first things people talk about when they talk about success is they talk about the NCAA tournament. Um, there was also a little, little bit in there in sort of the prompt of this about, you know, waiting the regular season versus how you play in your conference tournament, which is more meaningful. So I just thought it was an interesting question, you know, here after at, at the point where we're at now in college basketball and college athletics, where a lot's changing. Do you think conference tournaments are still relevant and worthwhile? And, you know, are you, are you, it's okay maybe if you're not 100% pro or con, but what do you think? Do you think it's a, a good thing, not worthwhile thing anymore, somewhere in between? Um, just curious what y'all think about conference tournaments, not just the ACC, but, you know, in general, you know, all the tournaments that go around, you know, like I was saying, I went to UNCW's CAA tournament this past week. Yeah. Like, so, Morgan, what do you think? I don't know. I mean, I, I like them. Yeah, it helps – some teams who need to get into a tournament, like for instance, last year, Tech winning the ACC um, tournament solidified them going. Although I think they, the, the year that they had last year, they did pretty decent. I don't think they were not going to get invited um, last year without winning. That definitely helped with their seeding. But I, at the same time, I hate them because, for instance, you know, CW, I thought they had a pretty decent year, but Unfortunately for them, they could have a great year, but if they don't win the their turn their conference tournament, they don't give a go. They could have a spectacular season, winning record, everything, have a, more wins and losses in the conference. But if they don't win the CAA tournament, they're not going. And I think that's pretty. I think that's pretty shitty. Yeah, Morgan. Someone, um, something I saw brought that point up exactly. Um, I, I can't remember the team right now, but there is a one of the smaller conferences had a team that had a hell of a year. I think they won 20 games in a row. They were yeah. outright the bet high head and shoulders above everybody else in their conference. They lost in their conference tournament, and they're not going to go to the NCAA tournament because of that. So yeah. it it's a it's a thing that actually happens. It doesn't you know it's not necessarily every year, um, but. It definitely is something that can impact, you know, these mid-major schools that there's only one path to win the conference tournament and you're in. Otherwise, you don't make it at all. I mean, what do you think? You just get just get rid of conference tournaments and just go off of overall body of schedule and work and, and win records and just say these 60-some teams are getting in. No, we're not going to do tournament championships, nothing like Sorry, that, don't you? Sorry, sorry, you don't. The ACC championship, Georgia Tech, to get yourself into the tournament. Um, <laughs> do better next year. Go home. Well, a couple years ago, maybe. they won the regular season, but still, yeah. yeah well, I think mean, recently with their um, shield mask head coach, <laughs> Coach Face Shield, as we like to call him. <laughs> it looks like a damn. It looks like a damn villain from some comic book. <laughs> I believe, problem. I believe he has eight, eight years under 500. I think that's the stat I saw. That sounds right. But he, won, but he, wants, but he wants to be back. 
But anyway, we're going off topic. Sorry. <laughs> Anytime I take a shot, George, to take a note. So. <laughs> Still bad about the end of Rudy. <laughs> no. No, I'm, I'm mad about about their their former head coach and his shitty offense that that pisses pissed me off every time we played him. Paul Johnson and his damn option. Anyway, I stop talking to me. I'm going off topic with Georgia Tech. So. <laughs> All right, so for the next topic, Syracuse, Morgan, how do you feel? <laughs> we should have an episode like that. <laughs> All right, and Miami, go on. How, Florida State. How, how, how much time you got? I got different degrees of grind my gears. <laughs> and we'll save this one for last. Boston College and Matt Ryan. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> oh, my. Well, we all see what Matty Ice is doing now. Yeah, I hope, hope that one that one meaningful game in college football was great for you because that's about all you can produce. <laughs> anyway, um, I mean, yeah, it it benefits, but it also sucks at the same time. I guess is what basically I was getting at. Yeah, sure. it, it really depends on how you want to look at it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, how do you, how do you weight it? And um, do you leave it to the computer algorithms? Do you let Mark Packard just pick them on his eye test? Like, what do you do? Logan, you seem to have some opinions on this. Uh, you were about to say something a minute ago. What do you, how do you feel? Conference tournaments? I'm 100% without a shadow of a doubt pro conference tournaments. Conference tournaments mean something. And I don't care how many people at ESPN may try to tell you different. The reason being that, on any given year, there's realistically about five or six teams, and they rotate depending on who's good that year. They can win a national championship. The conference tournament has lots of – specifically the ACC has lots of history. It like it means something to win that conference tournament, especially – and it's a lot of fun for the fans too. We're talking about you know, you're playing anywhere from three to four day, days in a row. If you're lucky enough that you get to go to one while it's in Greensboro for ACC fans, like that, that's a fun experience. And then talk about mid-majors, it gives them something to play for, too, because I honestly think that if you got rid of the automatic qualifier, these mid-majors wouldn't be selected as an at-large bid. If you leave it to just an at-large bid system, I think a lot of them who may be good enough are going to get passed over for a, you know, a, a 18 and 13 Auburn team because the SEC large. just means more. Or whatever, or just somebody from the conference with Rutgers that is below 500 in the league. So I know some some basically some teams are just going to get looked overlooked no matter what. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's yeah that's part of it. it's always going to happen. But I just I'm very pro conference tournament because it it gives fan bases that uh, realistically are not going to win a national title. We talked about Georgia Tech, pointed them a few years ago. I mean that you know that the fan base loved being able to win they be ACC champions. Um, a, f- a few years ago. It's just, it gives you something to play for. It gives some fans something to hold on to. And um, there's some value in that. Yeah. Well, um, my, one of, they interviewed one of Miami's players. I'm blanking on his name right now. They interviewed one of Miami's players today and talked to him about sort of, they were, they were sort of <laughs> looking ahead to the NCAA tournament, but they, they asked him about, ironically enough, sort of the value of winning the ACC tournament. And he was like, he basically was like, yeah, this, that's everything. He's like, we, 
that's a goal. It's like we want to be ACC champions. It's like we want that title. We want that banner as part of our road to like what we do next. Um, he 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 seemed like fired up about it when when asked about it. Like the as a player who's in playing in it right now, he was passionate about wanting to win the tournament um, as, as a step towards you know, before you play in the NCAA tournament and they know they're going to the NCAA tournament. So it's not like they're playing their way in or anything like that. All right, Mr. Boston, how do you feel about conference tournaments these days? Um, I was thinking about it while you guys were answering. So as a graduate of UNCW, I have Good memories, despite missing last weekend with you guys, which I would have liked to have gone to. Um, I have good memories of us wanting to win, but I also understand the downside of that being in a smaller conference, which is that you can be a 22 or 23 team uh, win team. Um, the argument is, I guess, maybe you're beating up on, quote, bad competition or are you just a solid team and you're just getting wins because you can only play who's on your schedule. And then if you go to the tournament and you lose out to a hot team, is it, is it exciting? Yeah. Does it, I mean, like, does it suck for the team that's really put the work in? I guess so. Uh, I, I mean, it absolutely does, but there's another part of me again, being a Carolina fan and for so long that says, well, you know, if, if you have designs on being in March, then I could understand why you would want to be in your conference tournament and why you would think that they matter. And then there's an elevated level that says, if you have designs on winning the whole thing in March, then you're going to have to play anybody that's on your schedule anyways from any conference. So... Do conference tournaments matter? Yeah. I, quickly, yes. I like watching them. They're exciting. They are a lot of games on a lot of days. So you get um, you can kind of figure out which which teams gel the best. And, and I think that there's something to be said for chemistry and everything else. Plus, quite frankly, it's just something to do whether you're at work or whether it's something you want to watch at night. And I, I kind of think that... Um, a concentrated period of more basketball is better. I think it would be hard to watch college basketball every, every night in this manner, but a concentrated period of basketball is pretty exciting for you to get up and get, um, to get excited about. However, I wish that just, I don't want to go into the net thing, but I, I wish that there was a way that we could grade teams from different conferences across the board so that we could make sure that the best teams are getting in as opposed to just, the Weber State Wildcats or the, you know, Texas Prairie A&M, you know, country club that happened to be, you know, the, the, the St. Mary's and Gonzaga out of the WCC. I assume they're all in the same conference. I don't know. I don't, I don't stay up that late and, <laughs> uh, and, and, and can get in that way because obviously whether you're in the WCC, whether you're in the big South, whether you're in whatever, including apparently this year, the ACC, we have big teams in the ACC that have played well that are being told because their conference sucks that they have to win the tournament. And it's laughable, <laughs> which we've already covered in nauseum. But um, did that answer the question? I think it's great that there's basketball on. 
And I, I think the tournaments matter and they're exciting and they hopefully provide some bragging rights for the fans, which can be important. And they uh, allow for cohesion among the players and that gives them something to play for, which is important to remember that those guys are all athletes. So that's five good reasons right there. But at the same time, I don't feel like there's any sort of normalized standard and certainly sure as fuck isn't the net. So, um, (laughs) (laughs) can I just leave it at that and we'll we'll just, all right. 80% yes, 20% no. (laughs) Go from there. Fair enough. Well, here's your I, here's your mid show update. It's halftime. Clemson thirty nine, State thirty six. State is twenty and one in games that they are leading at the half, and they are three and seven in games they are losing at the half. So uh, chalk this one up as an L, probably about tomorrow uh, for the Wolfpack. <laughs> That's my bad of the week. Uh, that good bad. The we ugly. moved on, Logan. <laughs> Sorry, there was there was a lag. Logan, <laughs> we're talking about something different now. <laughs> yeah. No, the, for the people I, that can't see Logan, Logan has spent the entire podcast turned in a different direction from the camera. <laughs> yeah. The, the best part is he's in his childhood bedroom. So it, it's decorated in Duke. He's wearing a Wolfpack shirt while turned away from the camera watching it on Wolfpack on television. So. <laughs> All of that is accurate. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean it, it's you know shocker. We we all tend to be on a similar page on this. You know, I I think conference tournaments are are incredibly important in a lot of ways. Fans, I think it's awesome. As a fan, you know, you like you said, uh, Ryan, just watching a bunch of games a few days in a row, fun experience. Bragging rights when your team wins, awesome. Um, I mean, Morgan's been bragging for a year about winning the ACC tournament. He was oh, ACC, yeah. he was champions. Um, no, I he still, was the ch- 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 champions. That's right. I still haven't <laughs> forgiven the Hokies for it. I mean, you know, so like it goes both ways. It's <laughs> it's. It, I think from a fan perspective, is great. I do think. Um, I think there's value in them too, because, you know, if you've watched any of the coverage today, you know, there's a bunch of teams that are in that sort of first four, second four out, or maybe barely in. And teams are kind of playing their ways in and out of the NCAA tournament. Like Michigan lost today, Carolina lost today, and Wisconsin lost today. And and they've all basically played their ways out by not winning today. And, uh, they wouldn't have those opportunities to be in or out if it weren't for the set of games in the conference tournament slate. So it, I think it's special. Um, I think we're also a little, we're, we're a lot biased because the ACC tournament has always been a big deal to our fan base. Um, so we have to be recognized that, but conference tournaments are, are a lot of fun. And um, especially, you know, like, Year to year, I mean, think about last year. I mean, Virginia Tech was playing hella really good basketball. And then, like, I'm sure, you know, Vegas wasn't putting odds on them, and they they, they were the people who cut down the net. Um, it's, that's how these tournaments go, single elimination. And, you know, it, it really, in college basketball, good teams can beat each other any night and send the other team home. 
So I, I sort of love that format much more than the, you know, I, we were texting about Tony Bennett earlier today and the, the sort of like uh, narrative building that he's the, the best coach in the conference or whatever these days. And um, they, they win the regular season a lot, but they don't do as well in these tournament formats. So, you know, it's, which is more valuable. UVA fans would tell you when, you know, regular season success says more, but it's probably because they don't win in the postseason. So, you know, guess there's that. Um, and guess who else says that? The Buffalo Bills fans. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of New You should have seen us weeks one through 18. We are awesome. <laughs> the four Super Bowls in a row. That's all. Um, all to NFC East teams. Anyway, we're not talking about the 90s right now um, or the NFL. Uh, speaking of New York, do we want to mention the other big news that came out of the ACC tournament? Um, Jim Beheim, the very, very longtime coach, I think it was what, 47 years at Syracuse, um, is no longer with the university. Um, as the head basketball coach, uh, it was a really kind of a mess. I mean, if you, if you paid any attention over the past um, day, um, they played the clips over and over and over again. It seems as though it was a the university getting rid of him, firing him, or asking him to leave or step down or something. But they didn't really seem to handle it well. Um, especially considering a, a guy who was incredibly committed to his university and had a lot of success there. Um, Jim Beheim spent, or yeah, I believe it was 47 years coaching there. He went to 35 NCAA tournaments, five final fours. He won that one uh, national title with Carmelo Anthony. Um, he was very con consistent over the years. Uh, lots of coaches have in the past few days come out talking about how just great of a basketball mind and, and guy he is. Um, he was part of those redeemed team coaching staffs um, with coach K and um, just, he was a great basketball coach. Um, but I did, I saw one story. I just want to share with y'all before we move on to something else. Um talking about his commitment sort of to Syracuse. So years ago, Rick Pitino was one of his assistants. And uh, him and Rick and their wives went on vacation together. And they were in like um, some tropical something, some beach somewhere. And they were like, oh, if you could just retire and live anywhere, you know, where would you go? And they all went around. Rick Pitino, I think, picked like San Francisco. But keep in mind, this is like the the 70s um a couple of the women picked hawaii or one of the women picked hawaii and like one of the other ladies picked i don't know florida or something the caribbean who knows whatever that's not the point the point of the story is jim Beheim was like oh syracuse <laughs> and they were like no, <laughs> can't be serious and he was like no absolutely syracuse is a wonderful place why would i want to leave syracuse and <laughs> and they all just like picked up their drinks and walked away because they were just like, this guy. 
I mean, <laughs> did, did he bump his head as a child or something? <laughs> I mean, there's nothing spectacular about Syracuse. Yeah, it's, 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 it's pretty. It's pretty in October, maybe. I mean, so he he's uh, even when he played a little professional ball. So he walked on <laughs> to Syracuse, played ball there. He played a little bit of professional ball, and then he like came back and coached. And even when he was playing professional ball, he still lived in Syracuse. And when um, it all, <laughs> when people talked to him about the weather, he his response was, "Well, uh, it's basketball season when it's cold and snowy, and then but when basketball season's over, so when we get the good weather. So then I get to enjoy the good weather and be able to enjoy that part. And then the cold part of the year, it's just basketball season." There <laughs> <laughs> you got a point. He does have a point. He doesn't have to worry about being outdoors. Oh, man. So I, my point of sharing that is it's a little bit of a chuckle, but it's also the man was incredibly committed to that town and that university. Um, as bungled as it may be, I hope that they can all find agreement in him being a part of that brand going forward in the same way that Coach K is with Duke and Roy Williams continues to kind of be a face for Carolina. Um, he deserves it. He's committed his life to, to that town and that university. And he's had lots of opportunities to leave um, for a lot of money and he chose not to. Um, so hopefully it doesn't turn into a Bobby Knight situation where he walks away and is angry and talks a lot of shit for years to come. I mean, if it is like a Bobby Knight situation, Texas Tech has an opening, so he can go have a soft landing spot <laughs> as a retirement gig down in Lubbock. Be good. That's that's true. <laughs> oh, At which my. point his story would change. He would say, I've, I've always wanted to retire in Lubbock. I, there was one time when I was at the pool with Rick Pitino. <laughs> <laughs> While he's playing the new song by the Panhandlers, West Texas is the best Texas. <laughs> can i can i say two things quickly about the media sure all right so the first is if you were able to find or google or didn't see it because you've been living under a rock i've been working and i saw the clip four times um the interview at the end of the game where he said he gave his retirement speech and whatever if you listen to the woman who is basically hyperventilating, asking the same question over and over and over again, because she is trying desperately to get the scoop on what is going on. Like, just just pause, just pause for a second and just listen to what he's saying. And she's just like, she can't, she can't, she just, she just, she just can't get the words out fast enough to ask the next question. It's, it's pretty bad. Yeah. And uh, yeah. although he, he isn't superbly clear, he, he, he no. may have, been up north long enough that he went to the Bill Belichick school of whatever. But uh, <laughs> then the other I thing, and you already mentioned this, you already mentioned this, Dustin, in passing. Tonight we were all watching the Carolina-Virginia game, or at least some of us were. And we saw the uh, – he retired, by the way, yesterday. Two? Yeah. 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 Maybe. Yeah. But maybe not. And today <laughs> – <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's up to the school. Uh, watch the interview if you don't know what we're talking about. Uh, anyways, <laughs> yeah. 
the graphic during the Carolina UVA game tonight, which was 20, I'm bad at math, 26 hours later, 28 hours later, yeah, where they had it already yeah. you know, about how, uh, how, the, what was it? The, the ACC, the, the coach in the ACC with the most active and then fill in the blank. Now that, by the way, that uh, Boheim had retired <laughs> was Tony Bennett and it was singing the praises of Tony Bennett. And it was like, it was basically the, uh, the, the worst was only active ACC coach for the national championship. And it was like, oh <laughs> uh, yeah, since uh, 24 hours ago, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they yeah. could not head wait co- to pile back. Active, they yes. dubbed him. They dubbed him the Dean of ACC coaches. Tony Bennett. <laughs> oh. They oh. barely got okay. that title. <laughs> it looks yeah, ba- it, it just quickly on Tony Bennett. I I I like Tony Bennett. I think that he does a good job of I think he does a good job at UVA. Sort of period. Well, However, I also he's a system guy. He he's very much a he runs a system and he and he does a good job of finding the pieces to fit what he what he wants to do at UVA. And it's a system that works well over the course of a season. But when you get into the the do or die tournaments, it doesn't do as well. And we judge success. Not just on regular season wins and losses, but on winning titles, winning conference titles, and winning national titles. And when you talk about, you know, Roy Williams' success or Coach K's success or Jay Wright's success or Jim Beheim's success, you talk about Final Fours and you talk about conference titles. You don't talk about uh, he won the regular season the most number of times. So, you know. I think that's just the if there's a knock on Tony Bennett and maybe he'll prove us wrong in the next 10 years and rattle off a bunch of wins, you know, conference or national. But that would be my criticism of what he does there. They're always relevant in the conference. They're always relevant nationally, but they're never quite elite in what they do. So, didn't uh, they, you know, didn't he, didn't they get some quite a little bit of help from the referees in that game? Oh, in the their national yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Other than that, they usually, other than that, they usually bowed up pretty freaking quickly in the in the uh, in the tournament every year after being this is the year, this is the year. Tony Ben Wahoos are one of the best teams in the nation. Get turns as the tournament starts, one game and they're out. Every year. look, so, some might after say they got a little help from the refs. I say the other team needs to learn to play defense without fouling. <laughs> Both things can be true. I didn't expect a Wolfpack fan to defend the national the, the wild. <laughs> you dating some girl who's a wild? He's not. The wild, the wild. Uh, there, there was a there was a lot of sarcasm behind that statement. Okay. <laughs> Gosh. Okay. He's actually defending the Wolfpack against his brother's assertions that perhaps no, his it, team should learn how to play. The, the more egregious one was the the uh, Chapel Hill game. I, I agree, Dustin. Tony Ben's a cool <laughs> guy, but other, other than that, maybe pump the brakes on on giving him some huge title. Yeah, 
I there's mean, some other people who are a little bit more deserving than than that bow tie wearing. Well, to tie it into the Jim Beheim retiring piece, Mike Bray's gone too. The, it's becoming a much younger league, coaching wise. We don't have as many known quantities leading teams now, and some of the biggest brands have brand new coaches leading them. So, you know, and then there's probably going to be some other retirements at some point. Leonard Hamilton's in his seventies. He's not going to be at Florida State forever. I mean, like it's Larinaga is probably going to be around for a few years, but he's older as well. Like the older part of the, the ACC sort of long time coaches who've been there 10, 15, 20 years, it's phasing out and there's a new generation coming in. And so it just kind of exclamation put on it this week. And when Tony Bennett moves on three years from now, I can't wait until we get the Josh Passner graphic. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> Coach who wore the most face shields in a season. But, uh, to most, go back to my angle, to go back to what you're talking about, that reporter with, uh, with AIM, that, that was hilarious. She's like, just give me the answer. Like, why, why can't you just tell me, like, just say it, you're retiring. <laughs> It's like Kramer on when he was doing movie phone. It's like, why don't you just yeah. tell me which movie you want to see? <laughs> <laughs> Did you select retirement? <laughs> she, like she was just like, I, I gotta be the person that breaks this. What just, just give me the answer? I'm sure Jim Beheim's a nice guy, and I respect how much he loves Syracuse and how long he stuck around, but the man eats his own boogers, and he hated the ACC, so I couldn't really care less. <laughs> Jesus. I will, I will say, um, Angle, you were talking about the ACC retirement home. He's going to be splitting time. He's going to be over in the old Big East one mostly, and then he'll be coming <laughs> yeah. over to visit at the ACC one sometimes. <laughs> he. They Kevin, haven't been in the league. Patrick Ewing. Yeah, him you know and Patrick Ewing. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You know what Syracuse can do? They can make him some ambassador or something, and he has to go down to Greensboro once a month. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's, the deal. That's how he stays connected. <laughs> what's What's funny is Morgan like. Uh, they must have gotten confused about that eviction letter you sent. They were like, huh, we got to do something to stick around. Let's let's fire the old guy. <laughs> maybe, they, maybe they confused it and they thought they were supposed to evict their basketball coach. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, man. The, what, now, the past Could few I, years haven't been good, but the most successful coach they have, they got rid of. And, and Dino Babers still has a job. Yeah. So tell me how that worked. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we yeah, no much is So I, I will point out two things that are po- more positive. One, about 60%, uh, Missouri is another big one, but about 60% of the sports journalists in the country come from Syracuse. So that might be why they always get such a favorable light. Um, it could also explain their PR when they get rid of really good coaches and keep really crappy ones. Um, and everyone goes like, great job. Yeah, it's because like 60% of the sports media uh, comes from Syracuse, uh, <laughs> including – go go look it up. You know all the names. what you're people. talking about. Yeah, 
Yeah. 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 Uh, Florida's in, Florida's another one that's got a lot of people. Uh, sideline reporters out of Florida uh, is like a ridiculous list. But um, like Tarico, uh, Mike Tarico came from Syracuse off the top of my head, and a bunch of other people. But um, more more to the point about Bayheim is uh. And this is another story in line with your Patino story, and it'll be quick. His wife, by far, especially with the kids, with Buddy, and 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 we've made fun of him in the, in the past a little bit. But um, his wife is the most competitive person in that family, period. And the only reason I know this is because I do tend to watch the Dan Patrick show in the mornings when, when I can. Um, and they are based up in Connecticut. And his wife has driven on occasion to the studio to knock on the door or to until she got Dan's number. Um, and she'll text Dan after Dan Patrick from ESPN, longtime host of SportsCenter. She will text him when she thinks Syracuse has had a great win and or like has something that, that needs to be discussed. And uh, because she thinks that they are in the Northeast and why would Syracuse not be a household name and a household brand? She will. Hey, did you see we beat Wake Forest? You should really have my husband on. And she always <laughs> refers to him as my husband, as opposed to his name, which everybody knows, Jim. And so Dan will have to politely text back or have one of his guys on the show text back like, you know, I just don't think we have time with, you know, like the NFL trade deadline and blah, 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 blah. Like Syracuse beating Wake Forest probably just isn't going to be at the top of our it's not at the top of the miserable and reckless uh, podcast on a weekly basis. So it's certainly not at the top of the day. <laughs> but when he does call in. Dan always asks to speak to his wife and he goes, put her on the phone. I know she's sitting there listening to every word and, or he'll joke that she's on the other landline, like listening on mute, you know, just like listening into the conversation. And I forget her name, but he'll be like, hello, Sharice or whatever, you know, like, <laughs> and he's like, I can hear you breathing. <laughs> so that's the one thing that I always remember about Jim Beheim is that his wife, God, God bless her is always and always and always advocating just like the rest of the sports media. But for obvious yeah, reasons, it's, uh, she's Julie. always advocating for her husband. What? Julie. There you go. Julie, Julie Beheim. And she was just as intense at the games too. If you ever saw photos of her at the games, especially when her kids were playing. Oh yeah. Hmm. Well, new chapter. So, I think we've sufficiently covered that. Morgan, do you have something to cancel this week? I do. So, earlier this week, um, I saw a thing about Owen Wilson being in a movie that's kind of about Bob Ross, but his character's not called Bob Ross, but it's basically about Bob Ross. The man looks like Bob Ross in the pictures. Um, I'm not Are there a lot of trees in the picture? <laughs> I'm sure there were some trees involved somewhere in, in that <laughs> movie being made. Um, and for those of you who don't know who Bob Ross is, I'm not going to go into details who he is. You're an idiot and hit yourself in the head of a book, please, because you, you should know who that is. Um, <laughs> anyway, I made the joke. I went and Googled the, the movie, and then I was like, oh, and Wilson. And I was like, got to be directed by Wes Anderson because the, the dude does nothing but Wes Anderson movies. I mean, I think him and his brother Luke went to college with Wes Anderson, Texas, if I'm correct. 
So they've known each other since they were like teenagers. Um, I'm pretty sure both brothers were in Wes Anderson's first movie, Bottle Rockets. Um, I think that was his first movie. But, uh, which was a decent movie, but he went on from there to make these weird, obscure hipster movies from then on. And he's a great director. Don't get me wrong, but it's just like every time I you know the new Wes Anderson movie trailers come out, and all these damn hipsters and want to be smart book nerds are like, oh, oh you just don't understand. Like, uh, Wes Anderson's <laughs> the greatest thing since sliced bread. And like, if you don't like his movies, it's just because you don't get it. Like, you know, I put them up there, people who Game of Thrones fans, like, he's just, we're just a different, we're just a different breed of people. You just don't get us. It's like, no, you just have a director who's pretty decent and he gets about 50 high A-list actors to all be in the same damn movie at one time. Um, but people who, uh, you know, it's not so much I'm canceling him, I'm canceling his fan base because they're the same asshats who are also the same people who brag about knowing a band before they got big and like, well, it was my my band before you know him. So um, my... Start back from the beginning. Uh, cancel Corner is back with a brand new cancel. <laughs> and I'm canceling. This pretty much all Wes Anderson related. I love his <laughs> I love his movies, but his his fans annoy the piss. I mean, the, the hardcore fans. It's like it's not. They're good. They're good movies, but they're not like fucking rocket science movies. I mean, Jesus, like stop putting a man on a damn pedal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I'm going to get slack for this because people I love his movies like no they're good it's just when people how high they put them up on a pedestal it's just like it's this is good as another movie just came out the other day from another director it's, you know, it's nothing oh. different and fans know how to ruin a lot of things and, so, and yes some of his cinema photography is annoying as hell at the way he likes to film things so um, yeah Cancel Corner is I'm canceling, I guess, they don't really have a direction here of this one, but I'm canceling uh, Wes Anderson fan base. Because y'all annoy the hell out Did of me. You know, Did you know that there is a cafe oh, somewhere geez. in Italy Fuck me. that is a Wes Anderson themed cafe? I know. Does, does Owen Wilson girl, I, show up once a month and go, wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> a girl I worked with wanted to go there, I believe, on her honeymoon, or maybe did. They have like a jukebox that plays all the music. They have like, it's all her. whimsical. And, huh? I would have I divorced her. <laughs> <laughs> you want to go away for the honeymoon? Why are we going to Disneyland while we're at it? Yeah, and go ahead, Mor uh, Morgan. She's exactly the she was. I don't. I don't want to say she is because I haven't talked to her, or seen her, her social media or anything in over a decade. But she was the type of person that was a hipster. She wore the flat brim Nashville hat. She wore a lot of jean shirt type things. She worked at a J Crew. She thought David Bowie was awesome. Like, yeah, yeah, he you know, is exactly. cool, but like. He but she put him on a pedestal higher than what he should have been. Just like I'm. Well, yeah. 
Have you it's, heard the Brazilian cover of David no, Bowie don't. from A Life Aquatic? Yeah. Oh, you like David Bowie? <laughs> you, don't, you don't know David Bowie like I know David Bowie. You don't know Wes Anderson like yeah. I know his movies. Like, oh, you didn't catch that, the way he he, he shot that tree with the blooming flower. Like, uh, okay, I, I didn't even catch that part. So, I like, like cool. Uh, oh, Bill Murray's in it? No shit. <laughs> <laughs> I love Bill Murray. Bill Murray is one of my favorite comedic actors of all times. But hey, once again, he puts all the same people in the damn movie. It's like a Tarantino movie. If Tarantino yeah. was like comedy and somewhat half-assed drama at the same time, or Guy Ritchie. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Oh yeah. <laughs> It just so yeah that that's what I'm canceling this week. I like it. So, like I said, a lot movies are good, but I don't like you know the, the fans, the hardcore fans of his that probably have like you know uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not even gonna say it. it. I just I don't like them. <laughs> so they're canceled. Canceled. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, be sure to give us five stars and a great review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Uh, be sure to hit the subscribe button. It definitely helps us out in the uh, algorithm on the placements. And you know what? Check out the website, miserable-reckless.com, uh, for blog content and shop. For this episode of Miserable and Reckless, I am Logan Zanier with Morgan, Dustin, and Ryan. We'll see you next time.